Good morning. morning. It is good to have this number out with us for our first half of our worship service. As we dive in this morning, as we're diving into John chapter 8, we're going to begin in verse 37 to give you a little bit of context what's going on here. Christ is talking to the Jews, and of course those who are believing in him, about the idea of believing in him and the idea of knowing the truth, shall making you free, and he continues on. And he really drives the point home here in John chapter 8 to these Jews. To these Jews who believe that what they are doing is pleasing in God's eyes and what they are doing is not. As, he, as we progress on, and it's self-explanatory when you're reading through here. And if you find yourself on the wrong side of the fence, if you will, if you find yourself on Satan's side and not God's eyes, let me focus on something right quick. Being on Satan's side on Judgment Day is a grim situation. Being on God's side is, on, on Judgment Day is more wonderful than you can fathom. It's joy inexpressible, as the Scriptures tell us. It's the most happiest thing that you can even think about to, to have an idea of hope of everlasting life. And of course, John, uh, John 8, verse 32, Christ tells them, those who believed him, in verse 31, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. He turns to his disciples and says that, those who believe in him. But those on the opposite ends of that spectrum we're going to be looking at this morning, starting in verse 37. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, but you seek to kill me, because my word has no place in you. I speak what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have seen with your father. And they answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. Abraham is our father. That's, that's their think. That's, that's the way they're thinking. That's, the, that's their thoughts. They're thinking that they're of Abraham's descendants. Well, their, their lineage may very well be. But he says he carries on in, uh, in verse 39. If you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. All right, let's stop there. We're going to back up into uh, Genesis we're going to think of the type of Christian that you should be. And I'm here to tell you right now, I wish I could be a Genesis chapter 21 Christian. That is my goal. That should be everyone's goal who's ever believed in Christ. Those who have took Christ on. But before we get to Genesis chapter 21, we're going to look at Genesis chapter 12. And just about everyone can be a Genesis chapter 12 Christian. A Genesis chapter 12 Christian is the basic, if you will. The easy part, if you will. When the Lord speaks to Abraham in chapter 12 and verse 1, the Lord says to Abraham, Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land I will show you. Get my pages to cooperate. And I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Verse 4, here's the type of person Abraham was. So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. 75 years old, he leaves everything that he is familiar with. The Lord says, I will show you 
It says, out to a, out, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. He don't even know where he's going. The Lord just says, go. And what does Abram do? He goes. He listens to God's word. He heeds his command, and he goes. That sounds like pretty easy to do as a child of God, does it not? To be obedient to the gospel? Most surely I can do that. I can be immersed for the remission of my sins. I can begin my spiritual walk. That is a Genesis chapter 12 Christian. But then we're going to see as we continue on through Genesis, it gets a little harder. It gets a little more difficult. And I just lost my bookmark. Hold on, time out. Freeze frame. Genesis chapter 21. We see the type of obedient follower. A follower of God, Abraham, really is. And this is where Abraham offers Isaac on the island. This is, the, this is where God tells Abraham, remembering his promise from God, Abraham receiving the instructions from God to go offer your son as a burnt offering. And I've made mention of this before, and I'm going to do it again. A burnt offering was completely burned at the altar. There's nothing left. It's unmistakable what it used to be. It's burned utterly. And that's what God told Abraham to do to his son. But again, Abraham remembering his promise that through his seed, through Isaac, that the, the nations will be as the sands of the sea. There will be many descendants through his son. God, uh, Abraham remembers that promise from God. And notice this. <clears throat> in, in chapter 22, verse 1 of Genesis. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham... And he said, Here I am. Then he said, Take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. There it is. His instructions. Could you imagine the mind of Isaac, uh, Abraham saying, My son Isaac, I have, to, I have to kill him? I have to dest utterly destroy him by fire? So Abraham, in verse 3, notice this. This is why I encourage you to be and my goal as well to be a Genesis chapter 21 child of God. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and he split the wood for the burnt offering. He arose and went to the place of which God had told him. We're not going to read all of it because time constraining I'm not going to have time. Notice in verse 3, he leaves early in the morning, not late in the evening, early. This is what God would have me to do. I'm going to go do it right now. Right now. I'm not going to let nothing hinder me. I'm going to be prepared as I go. I'm not going to wait till the evening, get to where I'm going to be offering my son as his burnt offering, then maybe go find some wood. I'm going to go prepare. This is his only son. God knows of whom you love. He loves his son. He's not ready to get rid of him. He loves his son. But God tells him to go offer him as a burnt offering. So he rises early in the morning. You might think of that and says, why didn't he wait? This is, this is someone whom he loves. Why didn't he just put it off as much as he could? Nope, God told him to do it. 
So as we remember back to Jesus talking to those Jews, and we're going to pick back up there in that reading. You should be doing the works of Abraham. This is the works that he's talking about, being obedient to God. So as we moved on down just a little bit, and uh, where'd it go? Verse 5. And Abraham said to his young men, after he's seen the place where he's going to go offer his son, he says to the young men, stay here with the donkey, the lad and I will go yonder and worship, and we will come back to you. Notice how I emphasized on the we will come, we will come back to you. He's going to kill his son. He's going to offer his son as a burnt offering, reminding you that a burnt offering is completely immersed in fire and burnt to there's nothing recognizable. That was a burnt offering. He tells these two men, we're going to come back. He has faith in God that he will deliver his son. So he continues on being steadfastly, being obedient to God's command. All right, in verse 6. So Abraham took the wood and the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac his son and took the fire in his hand and a knife and the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father, he said, Here I am, my son. And he says, Look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Isaac is unaware, completely unaware, that he is the burnt offering. So he kind of asks the question, we, we, We've come prepared. In all honesty, if you come really prepared, you would have brought the lamb as well. So that's Isaac's response to that, though the question and Abraham's response in verse 8. My son, God, will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. All right, is that a lie? It's not. It's not. Because Isaac was provided to Abraham by God. They was blessed with that son. That wasn't a lie. It was the truth. And Abraham, a... Uh, and continue over in verse 9. Then, that, then they came to the place of which God had told him. Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. Could you imagine Isaac's thoughts right about now? What's going on? What are you doing? Why are we doing this? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to help you not to be the sacrifice. Abraham stretched out his hand took the knife to slay his son. Here I, here's Abraham, the son whom he loves. God hasn't interceded yet. He has not. He has gone on with the commands from God. He has stretched out that hand to, to slay his son. He is in the motion, mid-travel, if you will. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, so he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. That Abraham lifted his eyes and looked and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his thorns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for him as a burnt offering instead of his son. Let's stop there. Verse 13, the idea of Abraham being obedient to God. He followed his commands. He, uh, the Holy Spirit knew that Abraham feared God. 
He feared God. So back in John chapter 8, continue on. I'll read it again when, whenever Christ said to those Jews, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. Now we see the faith of Abraham. Do we have that type of faith? Are we that Genesis chapter 12 Christian when God told you to go? He told you to go to be immersed for the remission of your sins. Begin your missionary journey. Begin your, your ministry. Have we done that? Or have we become lacking as becoming a Genesis chapter 12 child of God? Have you not yet begun your spiritual walk? God right now is saying go. Away from the devil. Get away from him for he can't offer you a thing. Turn away from the works of the world and come to me. That is the Genesis chapter 12 invitation. But now, back in John chapter 8, carrying on in verse 40. But you now, excuse me, but now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God. Abraham did not do this. You do the deeds of your fault. So they're a little bit confused first, whenever, over, <clears throat> excuse me, over here in verse 38, he says, I speak what I've seen with my father, that's God, as we are well aware, that is Jesus Christ, Father, whom he continues to call Father, the God, the Father. And you do what you have seen with your father, the opposite. Again, he says this here, you do the deeds of your father, not Abraham, but your father. When they said to him, in the rest of verse 41, <clears throat> then they said to him, we, are, we were not born of fornication. We have one God, one Father, God. Okay, that's a better answer, but it's still a lie. Jesus said to them, if God were your Father, you would love me, for I proceeded forth and came from God, nor have I come of myself, but he, that being God, sent me, being Jesus Christ. So if they love God, if God would have been their father, they would have loved Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ came from God. Because God sent His Son, His only begotten Son, that those who believe in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Oh, they didn't want to hear that. Oh, no. They seek to kill Him. They're doing the works of their father. Verse 43. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my word. You are of your father, the devil. Let's stop right there before we continue on in verse 44. Because he really drives that point home. You are of your father, the devil. These are folks who are spiritually minded, calling upon God. Thought they were. You remember uh, Saul. He thought he was doing the work of God, but yet still he was persecuting Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And of course he came to him at the road of Damascus, shining a light and a voice, and blinded him, and his whole course of Saul, later to be Paul's life, changed. And we have great works from Paul even to this day that we study from. So here John gives the account of Jesus saying to these folks who are spiritually minded, you are not of God. God is not your father. Abraham is not your father. The devil is your father. What? How can we say the devil is our father? Because you do the works of the devil. You're not doing the works of God. 
nor are you doing the works of Abraham. We've seen Abraham's great faith. We understand their characteristics of God. These folks seek to kill the Son of God. Now, I understand it was a different time. I understand it was a completely different time when they considered it right to destroy the, the enemies of God. I understand that. But today we see a different scenario. God wishes no harm to come from one another. He wishes us to love one another. He wishes us to come to Him and abide in His love and let His love shine through us as well. So he continues on in verse 44. You are of your father the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. He, when he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. The devil sounds like a pretty, pretty horrible fellow. He's not a feller. He's an angel. He's a fallen angel. He sounds, he sounds pretty horrible. Well, in like manner, you wonder why bad things happen to people? You wonder why terrible things of this world are around? It's because of the devil. And if you study the Bible more closely, even to the point of Adam and Eve, Eve being tempted to the devil, Adam was there, and we have bad things happen today because of that three-letter word, S-I-N. It's sin in our lives. It's sin. Let's purge those sins out because as we are sinning, as we are disobedient, we become sons of the devil. Or the Ephesians and Galatians, both books refer to them as sons of disobedience. Followers of the devil. Just as these Jews who Jesus Christ is trying to change their hearts, not to put them down, he's trying to turn them away from their iniquities. He's trying to do that for us today. He's trying to show us the right way through his word. And I read this before I started this lesson. John 8, verse 32 tells us that we shall know the truth, and the truth shall make us free. Free from our sins. We don't have to be sons or daughters of the devil. We don't have to follow the, the old serpent or the devil or the dragon or however else you want, however else other names you want to call him. He's the adversary of God. He's the opposite of God. He is the orchestrator of death. He is a murderer. He is a liar. The truth is not in him. Christ says, I am the way and the truth. I am the way, truth, and the life in John 14, 6. No one comes to the Father except through or by me. Is exactly what our Christ, our Lord and Savior, says. God, the devil cannot offer us such things. He offers death. He offers dismay. He offers destruction. Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5 first, then we're going to back up to Galatians chapter 3 and 26. But first, Galatians chapter 5 in verse 1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. And do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Christ has made you free, those who have been immersed, those who have been baptized for the remission of their sins. He has set you free from your sins. That access to the blood, to his blood that cleanses that sin, 1 John chapter 1, verse 7, encourages us or tells us, as we abide in his love, walking this, walking this earth just as he is the light, that blood of Christ cleanses us from all sin. That's trying our very best 
to be obedient to God. That's that goal. That's the reason why I wanted to encourage being a Genesis chapter 21 child of God to be to the point to kill your only son because God told you to. God doesn't tell us to do that today. God doesn't tell us to kill anyone. God tells us to love one another. God tells us to encourage one another. And God tells his children to go out to reclaim those who used to be his to come back to him through his word. So we need to stand fast. That idea of continuously abiding in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. We have the choice. We have a choice in our everyday walk of life to either be obedient or disobedient to God. And when you're disobedient, I want us to take some reflection. I want us to take some words of encouragement from God's Word. His Scriptures tells us something significant. As you are a son or a daughter of disobedience, ladies, you're not excluded. You should expect the wrath of God on Judgment Day. should. And just because you've been immersed for the remission of your sins, that does not mean that you are excluded from that wrath. You might say, what? Wait a minute, but I was immersed for the remission of my sins. But yes, we can turn right back to our sinful ways. It's an option. And if you can't, don't believe that, you ain't got to read very far, and I'll give you one example. Romans chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. We die to sin. Whenever we die to sin, we're no longer going to be involved in it. We're going to have a mindset of ceasing from sin. To abide in Christ is to cease from sin. That liberty that we have, that choice, because it's not forced upon us, we have a choice to be obedient. And I seriously hope that we choose to be obedient because we are sons of God or children of God. Turn back with me to Galatians chapter 3, verse 26. For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Reflect again. Remember back, we just read, we just got there examples from Abraham. God told him to leave his father's house, leave his family, go to a faraway land that I will show you. I haven't showed you yet, but I'm going to show you. And he leaves, he goes. He puts his best foot forward and he's obedient to his heavenly father and he does it. Even to the point of killing his son, Abraham was considered the friend of God through his obedience. We even see in, uh, well, I just lost my thought. Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 11. We see that as the chapter of faith. Abraham's in there. Let's think very close, excuse me, examine ourselves very closely. As God sees our faith right now, If God sees our faith as if it was in the first century, would God be writing about your, excuse me, would we be reading about your faith today in 2021? What type of faith do we have? Can we call ourselves a child of God? I seriously hope so. Because as we step outside of that doorway, as we are no longer following the commands from God, Christ told those Jews, if you were of Abraham, you would be doing the works of Abraham. If you were of God, if God were your father, you would be doing the work of God. You would be loving me. You would be accepting me, not seeking to kill me. Is God our father? I want us to examine ourselves very carefully. 
is God our Father? Or is Satan our Father? Being a follower of Satan is a horrible outcome on Judgment Day. We have an opportunity to make that change. We have an opportunity to completely change the outcome of our eternity on that judgment same day. And that day is coming. We don't know when, but it is coming. Are we ready for that day? We sing a song about that day. There's a great day, there's a bright day, and then there's a sad day. Let's put ourselves, or picture ourselves on that judgment scene. Let's make sure we're obedient to God. Let's make sure we are His children, not Satan's, because Satan's fate is sealed. It's done. He's going to spend an eternity in that lake of fire. We have an opportunity today to make that change, to not spend an eternity with Satan, the false prophet, the beast, and all those lost folks of the world are going to have their part of that lake of fire which, which burns with fire and brimstone. We find that in Revelation 21, verse 8. Let's make sure we're not protectors of sin. Let's purge those sins of our life. Come to God by being His child. Do you need to do so as we stand, as we sing the song of invitation?